Hello, everyone. Um, welcome to this week's episode of Restore Freedom Weekly. I hate when this starts with technical issues. Lori, is everything looking um, lagging to you or? Uh, not, no, not to me, but um, okay. looks like we're going to have to go on Rumble. Okay. All right. So um, give us a second, everyone. Uh, today is obviously a very important day. And we are, um, we have a lot going on. I've had a lot of phone calls already from candidates at the polls having issues. And um, I'm trying to let them know I can answer any more questions right here. So um, give me just one second because I'm trying to get, um, uh, get some information out to one last candidate who's at the polls right now. Okay, Lori, I texted you his number. If you could let him know, um, I could answer it live on the video. And like I said, sorry guys, if you see a lagging um, or delay on anything, um, I don't know if it's just on my end or what's going on here. It's not letting me share my screen, that is awesome. I have a whole bunch of information prepared for you guys and ready for you guys today, but if technology doesn't wanna work, then I guess. Um, okay, so, um, and messages are coming in. Okay, good. Hopefully, hopefully we're good. I will look to see if we get any phone calls live uh, during this video so I can answer questions from candidates that are at the polls right now. Um, and, uh, oh, first question already. Can you open carry to go vote? Well, uh, let me be very clear right at the start of this video. Again, if you're just tuning in, stumbled across me, you don't know who I am. I'm constitutional attorney, Catherine Henry, and this is Restore Freedom Weekly. I think we're on episode uh, 31. 31. And yeah. uh, this is our um, weekly show that we do at noon on Tuesdays. This week, of course, we are focusing on uh, answering election day questions and giving you the uh, election day um, legal cheat sheet, so to speak, because you might be out there as a voter, you might be out there as a poll watcher, uh, a campaign volunteer, a candidate, uh, someone who's collecting signatures for an initiative. Uh, and, and so let me be clear that any questions I'm answering that tend to be um, of a statewide specific nature, they are being answered for the state of Michigan today because, uh, well, like, because I've read Michigan election law frontward and backward about seven times, but uh, today is Michigan primary election day. If you have questions and you're in a different state, um, but you have questions about your rights or responsibilities regarding elections, uh, anything I say that involves the U.S. Constitution or the U.S. Supreme Court or any kind of federal statute or, or anything like that, that is something that would obvious, obviously apply to you as well. And three weeks from today, if I did my counting correctly, is the Florida primary election day. So we may have a similar type of opportunity um, in three weeks as well for at least one more state. Um, okay, so as we get started here, um, what I want to do, uh, Kirsten, we are definitely going to answer your question here. 
I just wanted to see where did I put it on my, oh, I guess I have to add, add the document to the stream. Um, okay, so the quick answer to your question, uh, Kristen on Facebook is yes. Uh, but let me, uh, for the rest of you wondering what I'm asking, I'm gonna answer that in the context of this document that I just shared with you on the screen. Uh, Lori, did we get it, uh, the link to this PDF in the description so people could click on it and follow along? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So uh, yes, please uh, make sure to open the link uh, for the PDF that's in the description of this video so you can follow along or print it out if you wanna take it with you or save it to your phone if you're going around to um, you know any polling precincts, uh, campaigning or just voting or whatever. Um, this of course is really meant for campaigning reminders, uh, but there are some uh, things that are just generally helpful for poll watchers or um, people just want to vote or just a member of the public who just wants to sit there and see what's going on. Uh, but um, keep in mind that for the most part, the specifics here are geared to answering questions for people who are campaigning on election day. Uh, so some basics, I, I mixed some law with some common sense and other kinds of things, especially if you're a candidate and you've been running for office for months or even over a year at this point, and you're mentally and physically exhausted, you can't even think about what your middle name is at some time. So whether you're in that situation or maybe you're a brand new kind of campaign volunteer and you're like, oh, I want to do this, but I'm not sure I've got everything or know what I'm doing. Uh, this is meant to be an all-around, all-encompassing kind of cheat sheet of logistics as well as law. So I'm starting with what do you want to bring? Well, you want to bring your petitions. You want to bring uh, pens, uh, petitions if you're petition, you know, gathering signatures for an initiative, of course. Uh, pens if you're getting signatures. Um, I would say bring pens even if you're not, if you're just a candidate or you're there supporting a candidate or an issue on today's ballot. Uh, people might want to take notes about something you're saying. Um, so bring some pens, uh, bring a canopy. You're likely going to be in the sun for a long time. Uh, bring a sign, a homemade sign or um, a candidate's uh, you know, pre-printed sign. Uh, hopefully you'd have one of those, but if not, anything. Bring, have signage so they can see where you are and they can approach you and they know what they're coming up to. People often won't come up to a booth or a you know a person that's you know obviously trying to talk to people if they don't know exactly what it is that you are um, trying to tell people about. Bring water, plenty of water for yourself because you don't want to be dehydrated and um, you know basically end up being no good to yourself or the the campaign you're trying to support. Uh, bring snacks. Again, it's just you got to keep your body fueled and ready to go. Um, and this one, plastic bags. Bring plastic bags. Uh, if you are, uh, it, whether you're at a, um, a polling precinct today because you are trying to get signatures for some sort of initiative, or you're just out there handing uh, handing out campaign literature outside of the 100 feet, of course, um, you want to bring some sort of plastic bag. So if you get an unexpected uh, afternoon rain shower, for example, you can quickly tuck your campaign lit or your uh, petitions inside the plastic bag so it won't get ruined, but it's still readily available and people um, can still be there to talk to you. 
Um, what are the guidelines? What are your responsibilities? Again, this is in the context of being the campaign volunteer or petition circulator or the candidate. Uh, you need to stay 100 feet away. I believe in Florida, it's 150, but in Michigan, it's 100 feet away from the polling place entrance. And most states do have some sort of regulation like this. Um, there's a reason behind it. I initially didn't think it was appropriate or constitutional, but I, I get the reasoning behind it. And, and let me just say it's because we're trying to balance the right of people, uh, the, the right of the public to be present in a polling precinct and, uh, and, and gather signatures or, you know, have your right to free speech versus the right of people to go in and vote uninhibited, unpressured, unthreatened. So that's why um, you have some of these uh, regulations such as, you know, the 100 foot rule. Um, so uh, with that being said, if you have a township official or an election official or a law enforcement officer who seems to think that uh, you can't be there uh, or that you have to be, you know, like a mile outside of, of the, you know, your radius is a mile or something, you have to be across the street or something like that. Uh, I, I have for you today in this PDF, the specifics, whether it's a specific statute, a state law, or it's a US Supreme Court case, again, that would apply to any state, um, or a Michigan Supreme Court case, whatever. I have, um, I tried to pluck at least, you know, 10 or so relevant legal support uh, pieces so that you can, um, you know, exactly what to point them to. Uh, so if you're telling them, no, I have a right to be here, uh, and they're saying, well, no, you don't, you could say, well, what about this law? Um, and hopefully they have at least enough common sense to attempt to see what it is that you're talking about. So, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. sorry. <laughs> um, and I forgot to introduce Lori again today, but uh, most of you, if you know who I am, you've heard of Lori, if not seen or met her at an event. So Lori is the other person we have on our show today. Um, and we're supposed to be having the third leg of uh, this trouble trio, but apparently Mike uh, forgot his promise to uh, join us for at least his lunch <laughs> time on Tuesdays. But anyway, um, so as long as you are outside of 100 feet, MCL, it's Michigan statutes, MCL 168.931K and MCL 168.744, one of them talks about campaigning, getting signatures, um, soliciting donations another one's you know talking about actually getting uh support for people that you know if you're a candidate and you're trying to you know get somebody's vote as they're walking in that day um they allow you to do that to campaign get donations uh obtain signatures at the polls on election day as long as you are outside of that 100 feet when i say allow let me put it this way you're allowed to do whatever you want in fact if there's one underlying thing that we need to remember it's this everyone everyone listen to this you don't get your rights from the government you don't even get them from the constitution you get your rights from god whether you believe in him or not you get your rights from god and that concept that basic truth is identified and understood and serves as the foundation for the declaration of independence the state uh, the u.s constitution and every state constitution so you don't have to prove you have the right to do anything, but oftentimes 
uh, a law enforcement officer or township official or whomever uh, attempts to trample on your liberties and uh, tries to force you to prove you have the right to do something just in order to do it in that moment. Whereas they are the ones that have to prove that they have the right or the authority to stop you. But for the, the sake of expediency and being able to do what you need to do to collect your signatures or get votes or whatever, um, make sure that you understand uh, these, these elements today. And so when I say something like, well, these state laws allow you to do this, really what's happening is they're only prohibiting you from you know campaigning soliciting donations or obtaining signatures on petitions if you're within the 100 feet and since we keep all of our other rights that don't have a reasonable um you know foundation for um being um i don't know modified in some way such as so that we're not trampling upon the our neighbors uh, exercise of their liberties, then, um, you know, we still have the right to do all these things. But again, um, anyway, that is, uh, those are the two statutes that you'd want to point to. Um, and I even put the language um, of what is actually worded. So what is actually prohibited, that a person shall not, while the polls are open on election day, solicit votes in a polling place or within 100 feet from an entrance to the building in which a polling place is located. Keep in mind, if your building has more than one publicly accessible entrance, keywords, publicly accessible entrance, not just an employee entrance, but if there is more than one publicly accessible entrance in um, in the building where you are trying to get, um, you know, you're trying to campaign or whatever, then um, make sure that you are more than 100 feet away from each of those publicly accessible entrances. Um, just realized my phone is on do not disturb. So I'm going to try to keep uh, watching that in case. Oh, and we have a caller right now. Hello, John, and welcome to Restore Freedom Weekly. Hi, Catherine Henry. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. What's up today? You do know you're live, well, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Anytime I'm with you, I expect to be live. <laughs> okay. All right. What's going on? So we've had a couple things, but this latest one is quite intriguing. Um, it was just at a township where all our signs were removed. And, and this seems to be a common theme, not only with myself as a candidate, but several other candidates across the state. The signs are being removed um, for dubious reasons. But this particular clerk, I asked her where my signs were at and, and, and why I removed them. And she goes, well, this is my property. And I, and, I, and I looked outside and I said, well, it's the township hall. She goes, but it's my property and I don't give you permission to put signs on my property. I said, well, we're past 100 foot, we're like 150 feet out. Um, we're going to put signs out here. She goes, you can't, I don't give you permission. Um, and, and I'll call it. So that was, that's the conundrum we just ran into was does a clerk have the, the permission and the ability to deny, um, candidates from placing their signs on there. And then the, the, the follow-up question to that would be, must the sign be manned by an actual physical human being for it to be considered, um, a First Amendment right, or can you just place a sign there? Because that's, I, I seem to be running into that quite a bit too. Oh, you don't have anybody there, so we took them out. Okay, so we got two questions. Um, Lori, were you able to hear that? Yeah. 
Okay, so hopefully that means all the rest of you were, and I'm not going to repeat his questions. So um, I think the important thing, let's just make it simple for everybody first and address the question of, let's assume you're on site, you're at a polling precinct, and you have signage, because we just talked about you want to bring signs for whatever reason you're there, um, to draw people to you so you don't have to chase them down. So you have signs, let's say you're um, our friend John, and you're running for state rep. And so you have a sign that says, um, hey, come vote for me. I'm John. I'm running for state rep. And you put your sign right next to your little table or, you know, your canopy or whatever you got. And um, then the township clerk comes out and says, hey, you can't have a sign here. Um, and uh, even though you're past the 100 feet, they say you can't have a sign here. That's got to go. And they try to say, um, you know, this is my property. I'm the township clerk or I'm the so-and-so. And so, -and -so, and so um, I don't give you permission to do that. Um, that really sounds like Layton Township. But anyway, um, so uh, the answer is absolutely not. No township clerk or election official or whomever has any right to declare that um, either publicly owned, uh, publicly accessible land, or even normally private property, such as you know a church or some other building that is being used as a polling precinct on election day, um, they don't have the right to say, um, uh, you can't put your sign up here. Uh, it's, it, you have that right. It's obviously protected by the First Amendment. Let me put it this way. Um, I, I know what I know about the election in uh, that happened two years ago, right? Everybody follow what I'm saying? Okay, this is on YouTube, so I'm gonna be careful here. Um, but um, even though that's my, you know, what I know and what I saw, especially at the TCF Center, blah, 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 right? Uh, the thing is, I personally don't think it's very tasteful, let's just say, when I see the um, F Joe Biden signs, or even the um, let's go Brandon, because come on, that's what it means. Um, I might agree with with the really the underlying philosophy, but I think that wording is inappropriate. But um, if I were, you know, running a, an election somewhere uh, as, a, as a, an election official, I wouldn't say, oh, you can't have that. That's not, you know, I don't give you permission to have that flag or that sign here today. Um, that I wouldn't be able to do that. No election official would have the authority to do that. So um, hopefully I was pretty clear about that aspect. Now, the other part of the question is if you leave your signage, if you have a sign, let's say, you know, our friend John here, hey, I'm John, I'm running for state rep, vote for me today. And then you've got to go to, you know, 49 other uh, precincts in your, um, you know, in your area that you're running for office. Uh, there's no way you personally could stay at every single one of those. So you leave your sign there and then the township or city or whomever comes out and removes it after you've been gone. That I would say, I honestly hadn't um, really thought about that before today, but what I would say is I don't think there's good solid grounding for saying you have a right to do that. Now, if you put something out on um, publicly accessible property, um, you know, at, at a polling precinct, it's on the portion that's open to the public where you would otherwise be able to stand and have your sign with you there. 
I think having the sign there is fine, but you don't have an inherent right um, protecting that sign from being removed by anyone. Um, right. So, the next question then becomes because obviously this is election day itself, right? And um, and and fighting this right now is uh, you can't, right? You're not going to win any battles here right now. But but I want to be able to take this further, um, especially down the road, and clarify uh, ambiguous election law, which we all know is state legislature and secretary of state only. Uh, creating that particular law, nothing to do with municipalities of any nature, uh, circumventing uh, the state constitution or the election law at all. Um, so the way, so the fact that they have these, these policy, I've heard the word policy, I've heard the word um, resolution, I've heard, I've heard uh, all kinds of different wording for it. Um, uh, ordinances, I've heard all kinds of different words for it, and I keep saying that, I keep telling them, look, you can't circumvent state constitution just like the state constitution can't circumvent the u.s constitution you can't you can't go backwards on that and you have no right to do so but this is a battle i can't win right now i've been able to push the envelope in a couple of them um just on there alone but this last one i had was even brought the county clerk in he, he drove up and said nope you can't this is her property and she's allowed to and, and i'm like okay or i've got to go other places you know uh we had an when you have people out there it's harder to hear The, the election official is trying to dictate which signs you're putting out there when somebody is remaining with the signs? Yes. Oh, yeah, that's not a thing. I mean, they can't do that. Now, let me be clear, because I didn't get this far. I was actually about to get to this point in, in the video when you called anyway. But one thing you cannot do as a candidate or as a campaign volunteer or someone who's getting petition signatures you cannot block ingress or egress for voters or poll workers or whatever. So if you, you know, if you have a sign that's the size of, you know, like uh, an entire, you know, city bus and it's taking up seven spaces of, you know, parking spaces in a parking lot, that would not be appropriate. Um, if you're putting up a sign where maybe it's a, a bigger sign that you can see from, you know, the road as you're driving by this polling precinct, but um, you're putting it up in a way that's not inhibiting anybody's um, ingress or egress to that polling place. And um, especially, you know, when you're staying with it, the, the, the election officials have no right to say, oh, you can have this other sign, but you can't have this sign. That's not as long as you're outside of that 100 feet. Um, that's what Michigan law requires. And those local election officials cannot add additional um, restrictions upon that. That's, that's clear as uh, clear as mud to me. Uh, and I, 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 you know, I, I assumed as much, but you know, I, that's why I always defer to the to the election expert, as it would be, um, when it comes to this stuff. 
Um, and Jane, our friend Jane uh, Locke um, is asking, she heard your question and uh, she says, John, are there any other candidate signs there? Uh, if so, like, are, are there other candidate signs and your signs are the only ones that are being removed? So in that particular, in that particular polling place, uh, they allowed uh, Tina Johnson and Ralph Rebamp signs. Uh, they got permission from her. Uh, she removed mine. I went went to the police station and said, hey, John, there's no sign here. So I went and visited them today. You know, I, I where my signs at? She goes, oh, I removed them because I don't want them on my property. And I'm like, okay, well, can I put them on there? She goes, no. And and yet of the other ladies who were great, wonderful, wonderful ladies, I, I know uh, they're like, yeah, we have permission. She said we could put them right here. And so when she came out, she was thinking Christine Barnes' sign. And um, when she did that, I said, well, can I have permission? She said, oh, I don't have any permission at all to be on this property. Um, but no sign. And that's when I uh, that's when I was probably less uh, than, uh, I was decorative, let's just say that. My wording was very decorative. Um, and uh, nothing and no, no swear words, but I was definitely decorative. Um, and forceful with my voice and said, look, what you're doing in the violation of the law, the violation of my constitutional rights, and you should know this being a clerk, and the fact that you don't tells me everything I need to know. Yeah, so not sure if anybody heard that part, but John's answer to Jane Locke's question is, yes, there are other candidate signs out there. In fact, some of his... Um, primary uh, race opponents have signs out there and she, this clerk is allowing those opponents to have their signs on this property, but she's saying, I'm not gonna give you my permission uh, to put your signs out there. So um, that is definitely uh, not acceptable. And just to be clear, the other candidates are not staying with their signs or having other volunteers um, staying with their signs, correct? They're just sitting there. Uh, yeah, sitting there. So in the same, so the exact same thing where a candidate is having a sign uh, and leaving it at a polling precinct displayed for the day without having volunteers stay with that sign, uh, but one campaign is being told, "I'm not going to give you permission to to leave your sign here," where other campaigns are being told, "Sure, sure, you can leave your signs here." That is not equal protection. And our constitution actually does require you to be treated uh, the same for other similarly situated uh, individuals. So yeah, that's that's an issue. Um, if she had been doing it to everyone, uh, that would be a different story, you know, because you know you're not. It's not free speech if you're literally not even there, and the whole the whole context of of being at a at a at a uh, township hall or other kind of area like that where it's, um, you know, people traditionally get together and talk and assemble and discuss issues of public concern. Well, generally you're going there to do that. So I could see where they would say, well, you can't leave a sign and, you know, we might remove that, but not if they're going to pick and choose which ones they're removing. Absolutely not. Okay. That's what I needed to know. Um, I've got to get going. I've got another point place I got to hit and I haven't slept since yesterday, so I'm. I think I'm on the sixth or seventh win. I don't. I don't know. So I signed all until five thirty this morning. Drove my son, uh, so he could leave to go back to the Marines. And uh, I've been out here uh, fighting the fire. So uh, I'm going to come to try and stay in my sixth win and hit the feather pole and see why they took my stuff down. 
Yeah, well, and, and just remember what we talked about with those energy drinks. Don't let them kill you. <laughs> so, oh, not yet. <laughs> all right. Good luck, John. I, I look forward to talking to you later. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it. Yep. Have a great day. Bye. You too, bye. All right. Let me make sure. Yep. Okay. I did not receive any other calls, but I did uh, literally just moments before coming on live uh, here today, I had three candidates <laughs> call me uh, with issues. And uh, of course, I couldn't handle all those calls at the same time. I'm hoping um, I talked to one before the show. Uh, that was another one. And now I'm hoping the third one will um, give me a call back here if he uh, would like um, me to answer whatever his questions were. But um, at any rate, I see that we did have another question here, um, just talking about the concealed carry. Um, let me see. Um, yeah, so, well, I'm going to just get back to this. Unless, Lori, was there something uh, follow-up from John's call or his questions that I should address, or should I just get back into specifics here? Well, I think you covered everything that people were talking about. Okay. So, um, yeah, so a big thing, just make sure, uh, the point that I was uh, bringing up when I was answering John's questions, make sure that you do not block the ingress or egress for voters, for poll workers. You have the same right to be there that they do, but whether you're there as a campaign volunteer, as a candidate, um, or even as another voter, you still don't have the right to do something or exercise those rights in that way so that you're prohibiting others from exercising their rights such as their right to vote uh, so if you're getting in their way um, somehow of of um, uh, being able to vote or access the polls as necessary you know that's that's not okay um, so uh, this is just my you know then what does this really mean what are the guidelines you should draw voters in. If you're getting uh, signatures for an initiative, if you're out there campaigning, uh, if you're just a volunteer um, for a candidate, um, draw voters in with your signs, with your shirts, uh, display American flags all over your car and you know whatever, have American flags waving around. Draw them in with your decorations, with your inviting smile, but do not chase voters down. That is definitely a big no-no because uh, depending on how aggressive you might be with that, uh, you might run into this statute, MCL 168.932A, a person shall not attempt by means of bribery, menace, or other corrupt means or device, either directly or indirectly, to influence an elector in giving his or her vote or to deter the elector from or interrupt the elector in giving his or her vote at any election held in this state. So basically, if, if you're doing any kind of voter intimidation, that's a crime. <laughs> so um, make sure you're not doing that. Um, so basically, if you think about it, if you are in a shopping mall, and uh, you, you know, you got your three things you got to do that day. You got to get your kid his basketball shoes. You're getting yourself a haircut and you got to pick up a bathing suit for your youngest because they grew out of their, their, you know, their last bathing suit and they got to go to this pool party. Okay. So you got stuff you got to do and you're walking through the hallway 
and you're hitting all your errands, you know, you're doing what you need to do. And then of course that T-Mobile guy is standing there at his little, you know, kiosk in the middle of the mall, but he's not like in the kiosk, he's standing out and he's like, hey, hey, can I, or at Sam's Club, right? You know what I'm talking about? That phone person or the, the cable TV or, you know, direct TV person, they like jump right out at you. Hey, hey, can I talk to you for a minute today? Can I, can I talk to you about your phone service? Or can I talk to you about your internet service? And they're like all up in your face. And all you want to do is get your errands done. Uh, that can feel very intimidating. Uh, I, I feel uneasy in those situations and I'm not really afraid of that or afraid of those people, but it's just, it's an uncomfortable feeling. And, um, really it's the chasing someone down. If you're like, if you set good boundaries and you're, you know, at your station, so to speak, you got your car, your tailgate set up, or you got a little table or you have a canopy, um, or you just have, you know, a sign in a yard and you're just standing there as a candidate or whatever. That's great. But just be careful about approaching and going after essentially uh, to try to talk to people, you know, bring them in with your smile, with your, hey, how's it going? Uh, great day to come out and vote, isn't it? Something like that. But make sure you don't cross a line where you are uh, physically basically chasing them down. Um, or getting into any kind of exchange with people where they will feel intimidated. All right, so your rights, know your rights. You are allowed to be on the property. We just talked about that. You are allowed to collect signatures if that's what you're there to do, if you're collecting signatures for an initiative. Um, you are allowed, um, I will say the constitution allows you to open carry or concealed carry no matter what state you're in, but let's just be a little on the safe side and, um, and talk about specifically Michigan. In Michigan, there is constitutional open carry um, and there is um, statutory concealed carry. So basically the state of Michigan recognizes, <laughs> luckily, I guess, your uh, constitutionally protected rights to bear arms, um, but then essentially limits your right to um, bear arms that are concealed. And so you have to have a permit for that. Um, <clears throat> you have a right to have your, um, just the fact that it's a polling precinct uh, doesn't change or negate any rights you would otherwise have in that scenario, whatever the scenario is. So if you, otherwise would not have had the right to, um, you know, to um, carry your firearm for whatever reason. Um, I don't know. You're, you're out on, on um, um, bond and you're facing murder charges and whatever, you know, something like sketchy like that. Uh, there's probably a order that says you can't carry your firearm. And if that's the case, that has nothing to do with it being election day. It, it elect, being election day doesn't give you additional rights. Uh, the caveat to that is what I'm saying here. Um, if you are voting, as many places in Michigan are voting in, in a private building, a, a facility that's otherwise privately owned, the portion of that building that is being used for voting purposes has now become public property for that day. 
for those hours of voting and only that part of the property that is publicly accessible for the purposes of you know uh, election activities so if you're voting at a church for example uh and the church has a huge campus and only part of it is being uh essentially rented by the municipality for the purposes of having a voting uh, a voting place then you can't just go to any portion on their whole campus claiming that it's now like publicly accessible property. No, it's only where the voting would be happening. Um, and any, you know, as going outside, any entrances or parking that would be reasonably tied to using that that voting place. Um, you're allowed to talk with people that are there to vote. You are absolutely allowed to talk to people that are there to vote, whether you're there voting, whether you're there as a candidate. Um, we just, you have to do that within the reasonable uh, restrictions that we talked about uh, a little bit earlier. Here's a big one, and this has come up already several times today uh, in, in various kinds of uh, questions. State election law, the U.S. Constitution, and the state constitution preempt or trump any local election regulations. In fact, municipalities cannot legitimately enact regulations repugnant to the Constitution on any topic or um, that are in conflict with the law. And I put the references to those um, sources, those cases. Um, those are Michigan Supreme Court cases. So that's those are there for you at the bottom. But then I also want you to um, uh, take a look at the Michigan Constitution, Article 2, Section 4, that it's the legislature that is the the body to enact laws to regulate the time place and manner of elections and nominations um, including today's elections in michigan those would be um, leading to the nominations um, of party candidates giving the legislature not a municipality authority to regulate elections and all that entails so that invalidates a municipality's attempt at regulating election day activities. So if you have a municipality, if you have a township clerk, for example, that's saying, oh, well, yeah, um, you have this additional rule or this additional regulation, you know, state law might say 100 feet, you have to be away from the door, but we say here, we say 150 feet or 200 feet away from the door because we really just wanna make sure our voters have the access to get in here. The, the municipality, uh, the local election official or whomever it is, they can't do that. It is the state constitution and quite frankly, the US constitution requires um, that the state legislatures do this, but it's the state legislatures that get to control the time, place and manner of elections. And, but for preserving the integrity of the time, place and manner of elections, uh, state legislatures can't even do anything to infringe upon your constitutionally protected God-given liberties to your right of free speech, your right to petition your government for a redress of grievances, your right to ballot access, to uh, support your own candidate or your own issue uh, and its access to the ballot. Um, your right to uh, peacefully assemble. You have the right to do all of that because this is a constitutional republic and we the people retain our ultimate control and authority and sovereignty over the government and uh, certainly over our lives. So 
Um, moving on. Um, before you move on, I had somebody message me. They're not able to watch right now. Okay. But their um, township is using Sharpies and they're bleeding through bad. And the dots on the other side do not line up. So they said that it's okay. Did you have any? Bring your own pens. So people are experiencing issues being at um, being at a, a, a polling precinct right now, trying to cast ballots, and uh, they are given sharpies, sharpies like. Sharpies, permanent markers that will then bleed through to the other side of the page, but the ballots are double-sided pieces of paper. So then when the ballot is then fed into the computer to um, tabulate and, you know, you have to make sure you've been within the bubble and you're not making any extraneous marks or whatever, uh, how do you think that machine is going to handle this? The township officials that are using Sharpies for voters, you need to be removed from office immediately and never hold office ever again because your ability to use common sense has clearly flown right out the window. So um, those ballots are going to be spoiled. They're not going to be counted uh, because the machines are, they're, they're only capable of doing so much. So if I were you as a voter, I would bring in uh, pens that, um, you know, are not bleeding through a ballpoint pen, for example, you know, typically the cheap pens will do uh, use that to vote because uh, using a Sharpie or any kind of ink that bleeds through a page when you have a two-sided ballot is never a good idea. And if you're noticing that whatever pen or marker or whatever uh, that you've used or that they've given you is um, is having that issue and is bleeding through, ask for another ballot. Um, tell them that there's an error on the ballot and it's now causing it to look, uh, you know, you're concerned about the integrity of your ballot and ask for another ballot. Uh, they cannot refuse you to have another ballot. Um, before you move on again, uh, I don't know if you can see all the comments. Kimberly Bullock is, or Bullock maybe, uh, it says there are problems in, with the machines rejecting Republican ballots in the in Huron County and not showing a reason. Correctly filled out ballots. I don't know if she's just mentioning that and making it aware, but... I think I think that might kind of step into the if your ballot is getting rejected, request another one. When wouldn't that be your first suggestion? Yeah. So if you're still watching Kimberly on Facebook, um, the only thing that people can do, what people, the best thing people can do, is be responsible for their own vote in that in that time, right? So if their ballot is showing as being rejected by the machine, then they need to ask for another ballot. Uh, and if the machine is, I, I know that evil can do a whole bunch of things, but I quite honestly have never heard of um, the machines automatically just rejecting the Republican ballots. Um, typically, when we have those kinds of fraudulent voter issues, it's when the human element is involved or, you know, recounting or doing whatever, um, mismanaging the, the results in the end, the tallies or whatever. But as the machine is accepting ballots, um, 
I, I don't know what that issue would be. And I don't have the technological expertise to figure out um, anything to do with that. Um, certainly, if there's an issue that's brought up later um, or even today, um, specific talking about the laws on something, I can certainly um, you know, answer the constitutionality or legality of a situation involving that, but not the I don't know, I'd say the logistics, I'm, that's not my, my expertise or forte. Um, let's see, did you have? I think, I think you covered, oh, there's a new one on Facebook that kind of brings up a follow-up to their experience. But other than that, I don't think there's any specific questions. Okay, no, you said no specific questions because it's not letting me see all the rest of. And there's uh, uh, somebody on Facebook said they had all three of three of their ballots were rejected. Uh, they use pen, marker, and pencil. Now, Jane mentioned black ink pens only. Yeah, uh, that's not a concern. You can use blue ink. You can, you know... Um, typically, I would stick with blue or black because um, the darker inks are what um, the machines are are trained, I guess, to really see. Um, but as far as Joe on Facebook talking about having the ballots rejected, um, I'm not sure. I mean, I would say you need to, I mean, you've already left, so I really don't know what recourse you would have in this particular moment, but or what you did about it, but I would make sure to get demand another ballot uh, to vote because sometimes it's, you know, a barcode on the ballot. It's, um, you know, some sort of other like defect in how that particular ballot was printed, uh, it, whatever. It could be a fluke, but you have the right to have your ballot counted. Uh, so I would demand another ballot. Um, so, you know, and keep in mind, I would hope the vast majority of these election workers are not there trying to deny your rights, but, uh, and certainly they're not necessarily the ones responsible for any kinds of issues or sabotage even on having uh, ballots accepted by the machines or whatever. I, I would like to think the vast majority of poll workers are simply there just doing their part to um, you know, serve in that role to keep the our our system functioning. And so, you know, if you have an issue like that, and I say demand another ballot, I would say, you know, you could do so respectfully and kindly, and just walk up to the nearest poll worker and say, I'm sorry, but I'm I'm having an issue. Could you, um, you know, help me figure out if it, there's something that we just need to do quickly with the machine, or if I just need to get a new ballot? But I, you know, I need to make sure my my ballot is counted. And if they try to give you some story about, oh, don't worry about it, it'll be counted or whatever. No, uh, you know, be firm, but, um, uh, you know, and, and be respectful, but know that you have the right to have a ballot that is being accepted uh, and tallied that day, along with all other ones. You don't, you, you don't have to have some provisional uh, vote that gets tucked away and, and never counted. So, um, Uh, let's see. I think that gets all the questions 
current questions. Okay. Um, and I guess, you know, Joe on Facebook with the follow-up comment about the gentleman that had all, he had three different ballots that he tried. They were all rejected. I would say he needs to record, um, you know, write it down exactly what happened. And uh, he needs to uh, bring that to the attention of, um, I'm not even off the top of my head. I'm not sure. Uh, the actual, I would say the actual clerk for that, um, if it's a township, then the township clerk, um, and possibly also the county clerk, and maybe even the prosecuting attorneys and um, sheriff's office. Let me bring something up to share with you guys. So again, in Michigan state law, um, prosecuting attorney, if there is something that's happening where your rights are actually being violated, where the law is plainly being violated by an election official, or even by just other citizens, somebody is, you know, threatening you or menacing you or whatever in um, getting in between you and your ability to exercise your rights lawfully. Um, then I want you to know uh, Michigan election law one MCL 168.940 is uh, it's called prosecuting attorney du duty to prosecute. It is hereby made the duty of every prosecuting attorney whenever he shall receive credible information that any such offense has been committed to cause the same to be prosecuted. So, um, they say such offense, that's really crappy that they would, the wording they're doing there because this is a standalone provision. But basically, if there's anything, um, you know, if there's a law, um, an election law being violated, the prosecuting attorney has the duty to prosecute. Um, and peace officers, duty to institute proceedings, uh, MCL 168.941. It is hereby made the duty of any police, sheriff, or other peace officer present and having knowledge of any violation of any of the provisions of this act to forthwith institute criminal proceedings for the punishment of such offender. So uh, again, if somebody is violating your um, rights, they're violating state law, then um, I would report it to the law enforcement, um, you know, whose jurisdiction it is. Okay, so getting back to, uh, let's see, here we were. Okay, so again, if you wanna know some of your rights, if you wanna be able to have in your hand some of the, the most relevant provisions that might come up uh, to make sure that you are being able to um, campaign or collect signatures or whatever, just checking in to make sure, I don't have any other questions, I don't see any right now. Um, Michigan Constitution, Article 1, Section 3. The people have the right peaceably to assemble, to consult for the common good, to instruct their representatives, and to petition the government for redress of grievances. I think that's pretty darn clear. Uh, the U.S. Constitution's First Amendment, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging, and here we go, the freedom of speech or of the right of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. Those are your rights. Know them. Also, the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, again, this isn't case law because, you know, judges can't make laws, but this is important case precedent that 
helps to explain what some of this means for uh, government officials who don't quite understand sometimes. But the U.S. Supreme Court has explained that you cannot be charged with criminal trespassing on property that's open to the general public, such as polling locations or government offices open to the public. And so I gave you two cases from the 1960s from the U.S. Supreme Court that go over that very concept. Also, you cannot be charged with violating a township or city or county resolution, but only a violation of township or city or county ordinances or charters. Ordinances are like you know, state laws, but for municipalities um, or counties. And charters are basically the constitution for your municipality. Uh, but resolutions are not enforceable against the people, no matter what level of government we're talking about. And again, since we're specifically talking about it being Michigan Primary Election Day, uh, MCL 42.20, MCL 41.183, MCL 761.1C, 761.1, O I uh, 683.11. And even the Michigan Judicial Institute's uh, book, their manual for the district court magistrates, they all go over those points that you can be, uh, the court doesn't even have jurisdiction to hear a case over some alleged violation of a resolution. So keep that in mind. If you have a municipality that's telling you today, hey, uh, you can't be here or you can't do that because we have a resolution. I don't care. Were you, did you have something, Lori? Uh, no, I was just laughing about the resolution part because oh. <laughs> know that one very well. <laughs> um, here's a big one. I should have put this in bold, but it's too late now. Let's see if I can highlight it. No, it's not going to let me highlight it right now in, in the context of this. But... Um, you can, oh, wait, 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 just read that one here. A prosecutor, get this, this is Michigan State Law, MCL 750.543Z. You cannot, or let me put it the other way, a prosecutor shall not, means they can't, they can't do it no matter what. A prosecutor shall not prosecute any person for conduct presumptively protected by the First Amendment. Hmm. I would think if you're campaigning, if you're petitioning, if you're uh, being the candidate uh, on the ballot today, and you're trying to talk to voters, your conduct is presumptively protected by the First Amendment. Um, also, something to note, you can be present at polling places and even campaign as long as you are following state election law and you do not unreasonably interfere with the ingress or egress or intentionally interfere with the administration of justice. Uh, and that is out of a U.S. Supreme Court case from 1968. So um, I talked about that aspect earlier, but I just wanted to kind of reframe that concept and give you the backup if you need to cite something with legal authority. Um, I, think, um, I think words are important here. And so the word presumptively, 
maybe the dev definition or talk about what does it mean to presume or, or to have a presumption of your rights, I guess. How, how about like a presumption is a supposition of the truth or real existence of something without direct or positive proof of the fact. So there isn't an absolute no, it is a thought versus a no. That's what I, I just wanted to make that clear for somebody that doesn't maybe necessarily understand presumptively. Okay, so right. So what the, I'm going to scroll back up to that part of the law. So um, it, when we're talking about the law that says a prosecutor shall not prosecute any person for conduct presumptively protected by the First Amendment, basically what that's getting at is if you have some sort of scenario where it's conduct that is presumed, it's assumed uh, to be covered by the First Amendment because it's something, um, you know, related to, um, you know, you're out there utilizing your right to free speech or to petition your government for redress of grievances or to peaceably assemble, for example. Um, any conduct where that's what you're doing, uh, it's presumed that it's going to be covered or protected by the First Amendment. Now, maybe there's a nuance to it. There's something in there where um, you go, you know, above and beyond and you push the limits, basically, and you're now doing something that ends up infringing on somebody else's rights, but it's not very clear cut or something like that. Um, the prosecution is still not supposed to prosecute you uh, for that kind of situation, even if in the end you legally didn't have conduct that's protected by the First Amendment, um, but if the uh, a reasonable average person looking at the situation would go, that looks like conduct that would be protected by the First Amendment, then um, that would be covered there. I don't know who this phone number is. Somebody's calling me from Michigan right now, but I don't know who it is. So, um, and it's two three one. So, uh, hopefully they'll leave a voicemail so they can with their name. Uh, well, if somebody has a question, hopefully they're watching and they can um, type it in here because I, I don't know who they are. And I have a few thousand people in my contacts. So, um, uh, it's rare not to have their name. Right, right. That's yeah. Between that and Google often adds people if it knows them anyway, if it's tied to a business or whatever. Um, Okay, so trying to get back to, okay, so the Michigan Attorney General, now this is not Nessel, this is years ago, but this is something that's considered um, a piece of authoritative, um, uh, something that you can rely on, something that you can refer to in, uh, in a court case or in talking to a law enforcement officer. But the Michigan Attorney General clarified that Michigan election law expressly recognizes that persons other than election officials may be present at the polls and that others may be present in the voting place uh, and that that was also recognized by the Michigan Supreme Court. So the, the, the Michigan Attorney General's office, again, not Nestle herself, uh, but there's a longstanding uh, understanding that um, from that office, that Michigan election law 
recognizes that you have a right just as as a member of the public to be present in the you know in the polling places and uh, even the Michigan Supreme Court has also um, recognized that and um, the Michigan Attorney General's office has this long uh, long-standing um, understanding of the Michigan Supreme Court's you know recognition of your rights there um basically the the ag's office has just said hey all the branches of government are on the same page here the public can be present at polling places um and the rights of the public to be present didn't realize i was going to read that next uh even during the actual casting of a ballot inside the polling room let alone outside is undeniable and uh, again, that's the Michigan AG's office um, that has not been contradicted or undermined or argued with by the office in any subsequent uh, attorney generals in Michigan. Speech, and, and they, this is just kind of getting to some of the, the key, um, oh, I don't know, um, concepts relating to speech in general, but speech is protected against censorship or punishment unless likely shown to produce uh, a clear and present danger of a serious substantive evil that rises far above public inconvenience, annoyance, or unrest. And the reference for that is um, down at the bottom here. Um, the US Supreme Court in uh, two different cases. And we start from a premise when we're looking at a situation trying to figure out if is this is 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 this actually protected speech we start from the premise that peaceful you know petitioning or campaigning or um whatnot in a location open generally to the public is protected because streets sidewalks and parks and other similar public places are so historically associated with the exercise of First Amendment rights that access to them for the purpose of exercising such rights cannot constitutionally be denied broadly and absolutely. So that is the US Supreme Court saying how inherently important it is that you have access to these public places for the purposes of utilizing those rights that are protected by the First Amendment. Now, what about harassment? These are logistics. These are the, okay, so this is what you should do kind of thing. I've already talked about what your, your rights are. If anyone harasses you, respond kindly or simply ignore them. Um, I have to give credit to a friend of ours, uh, Scott Ardner, who was, uh, I believe, in a mire at one point early in 2020. And someone was, um, I'm trying to remember exactly the scenario now, but I believe uh, that he was there with his boys shopping, getting groceries, whatever. And this uh, guy approached him and basically was trying to yell at him about not having a mask and, you know, that he's causing harm because he's not having a mask on, etc. And Scott, in that moment, kept his cool uh, with his two young boys there. I mean, young. Uh, and he was able to take the opportunity to make it a conversation 
And again, if I'm remembering this correctly, it was right in that moment uh, at the end of this uh, conversation that this man decided to take off his own mask, uh, realizing the medical and scientific reasons for basically for doing so, supporting that position. So anyway, the point is, even in the most heated of situations where your most basic rights are under attack, uh, you can remain cool, but firm in your stance and uh, through kindness, turn people over to the truth. It does happen. Uh, and our friend Scott is a great example of that. Uh, if you feel like you're just simply not able to do that calmly and kindly uh, while maintaining that firmness on your rights, then just simply ignore somebody who's there uh, harassing you because you have the right to be there. However, if you feel the situation is escalating beyond control, I would say if you're petitioning um, or campaigning or whatever, pick up your campaign lit, pick up your petitions, do whatever, and walk away. Pick up your stuff and move if it's getting out of control so that you're not wasting the time uh, having to deal with that individual, having to deal with law enforcement if, they, if they're coming to show up. I mean, you're just out there doing what it is that you want to do is gather signature you know, gather signatures if, if you're there for that or, uh, you know, garnering votes for your uh, cause or your preferred candidate. If the harassment is violent or criminal, call the police immediately, get somebody there that can um, handle the situation while you do what you're there to do. Now, if you are at a polling place for any kind of um, signature gathering, any kind of initiative petition, um, I wanted to point out something that is different, uh, for example, between, say, a constitutional amendment versus a recall petition. This is examples about jurisdiction, just something to be cautious of. Uh, there's probably not a lot of you out there circulating petitions now, at least not that I know of, but there could be some. And if they're not now, it could be in the future. This is not just for election day, but just something I wanted to throw out there that uh, an amendment, a constitutional amendment petition, for example, our Restore Freedom initiative that we were doing in 2020, um, it was organized by county. You had to keep the same county, but it didn't matter about township or city. Those could be mixed up with on the same sheet as long as the person, each voter was in the same county. However, petitions like the Recall Whitmer petitions, those were organized by township or city. Uh, oh, it's a lot more to deal with. Um, but you had to make sure that everybody signing that petition sheet was all on the same. Uh, they were all registered to vote in the same municipality. So anyway, just a uh, little tail end things I wanted to throw out there to make sure you were aware of. And I'm going to double check here. looks like we've answered all the questions that we've gotten in other places. Is that right? Lori? Yeah. I was having a hard time with my mic or with my mouse. Yeah, I didn't see any new questions come in and I haven't had any come in. Okay. In here. Well, um, uh, we, uh, at, we at Restore Freedom, uh, thank you for tuning in today. I hope that this was uh, useful to you to be able to understand some of those basic legal and constitutionally protected rights that you have with regard to campaigning, voting, and everything election day. 
And uh, please make sure to save the PDF that's um, uh, in the description of the video uh, and reference that. Have it at hand so you can be able to fight for your rights. You can stand up firmly uh, for yourself and for your freedom in the moment and uh, being able to utilize all of this information as tools should that moment arise that you need to do so. Um, but uh, please, uh, please keep in mind this video is going to be shared on many social media platforms and of course will remain uh, on, um, on YouTube and Facebook and Rumble as it's been streaming as well. And I may not uh, necessarily timely see any further questions that come in. Uh, not that I'm avoiding answering them, but if I don't see them, I'm not able to answer them. So, um, all right, Jane, thank you for joining us today. Make sure to get out there and vote. And um, thank you to all of you on Facebook and YouTube who've been providing comments and questions here. Um, the other social media platforms don't pull through, so we're not able to see if questions were necessarily on those. But thank you all of you for joining us today. And good luck to all of our freedom fighting candidates who are on the ballot anywhere in Michigan today or any other state that is uh, holding their primary elections today. Um, I, uh, I'm praying for all of you freedom fighters out there and I cannot wait to hear the results of my friends, uh, Joe Moss and um, uh, Angela Regas and um, Ryan Kelly and others. Uh, I know you guys are out there fighting the good fight and um, that uh, please know that you have a lot of support. And if you're out there being volunteers for any of those candidates or many others that I, of course, am not going to remember to mention all today in this moment, um, then thank you for doing your part to help get those people elected because getting any candidate elected is definitely a team job. It's not something that someone can do alone. So, uh, and the Liberty Cause is pointing out that we will be doing this soon in Florida. And uh, yes, we will. So I look forward to that and uh, trying to focus my efforts as much as I possibly can on my Michigan um, uh, concerns, if you will, before diving in headfirst to uh, the mess as it may be in um, areas <laughs> around here in Florida. So uh, at any rate, again, thank you everyone. If you look forward to seeing additional episodes or newsletters or legal resources on our website or our updated constitution app, which will be coming soon, please consider donating to any of those. You can donate to those specific things that we have, um, but just go to our shop or donate tab on our website, restorefreedomkh.com. And please make sure to share and like uh, this video today. Uh, and in fact, share it to other social media platforms, uh, the ones that don't allow us to upload directly to uh, that particular platform. Please feel free to share the Rumble, YouTube, Facebook link, whatever. Um, to let people know about what we have. And uh, we will also be providing our true or false answers to today's uh, true or false question on this very important election day campaigning topic. Uh, but those answers will come out at 10 o'clock tonight. 
Thank you, everyone. Have a great day.